listening to the Rebel Boss Ladies podcast, where we feature everyday rebel women just like you, who are taking charge of their life and creating a path to financial freedom by building a business online. I'm your host, Eden Freed, and it's time to build your empire. Welcome back to the Rebel Boss Ladies podcast. We are going to be discussing how I planned a three-month maternity leave. Quick trigger warning, I'm going to be talking in a second uh, a little bit about how I found out I was pregnant um, and kind of the story behind that. And then I will be diving into planning for my maternity leave. Okay, so... Memorial Day 2019, visiting my brother in LA. I was staying with my brother at his apartment with my sister. My husband was back at home in Ohio. Um, I knew that I would be taking a pregnancy test on Memorial Day. Um, I brought one pregnancy test with me in my bag for this weekend trip. And because I'm a, I'm a testing crazy person, I'm like, I'm that person that buys a thousand pregnancy tests. Uh, I found that out the hard way. But anyway, I brought one with me so that I wouldn't test like crazy and that I would save it for Memorial Day. I woke up really early before my siblings were awake, I snuck off to the bathroom, <laughs> peed on the stick and totally was not expecting anything because I felt nothing. Like everybody who's trying to get pregnant is spotting out all their maybe symptoms. I swear, I, I really didn't believe I was pregnant because I felt absolutely nothing out of the norm. And all of a sudden the line was there and oh my gosh, I, I don't know, I guess I, I was trying to have a baby, but like even though we were trying, there is nothing more surprising and shocking than seeing a positive line show up on a pregnancy test. I was beyond thrilled. Um, I also know that I was and I am incredibly lucky. Um, I was told by doctors very early on that I would likely have a very hard time getting pregnant. Doctors told me it would take a year or longer if um, if I was lucky and that there is a chance that I would need fertility treatments. So I was very nervous and again expecting nothing because this happened to be very early on. Um, jokes on the doctors because I did get pregnant in my second month of trying and yeah, I was super shocked. Like it was, I can't even, I can't describe the feeling. <laughs> um, yeah, so I guess I'll tell a little bit more that because I was in LA, I didn't want to tell my husband over the phone that he was going to have a baby. I wanted to be with him in person. The very next day, um, I was flying back. So I had to keep the secret from him for 24 hours. That was the longest 24 hours of my life. Um, landed back in Ohio. He was picking me up from the airport. When I was in, on a layover, I had picked up a onesie, a baby onesie that said, I love LA. And her must have been in the LA airport. Otherwise, why would I have had? Yeah, I think it was in the LA airport before I got on the first flight that I got that onesie because it says I love LA on it. Um, so I picked up that onesie and then I found a book, um, a kid's board book. It says it was called How to Surprise a Dad, which was like super lucky that I got that. And um, yeah, that was how I surprised him. I he he op I got in the car in the in front of the airport in Ohio and I handed him this bag with the onesie, the book, and my pregnancy test. 
And he screamed. He just straight up screamed the most high-pitched scream I have ever heard. <laughs> and obviously we were just so happy and so in shock. We drove straight from the airport. This was 6 a.m. because I had an overnight flight from L.A. to Cincinnati. And we drove straight from the airport to a Rite Aid to pick up more pregnancy tests. And then I proceeded to pee on a thousand sticks <laughs> that all said I was pregnant. Nine months later, my beautiful, healthy, amazing baby boy showed up and our whole world has changed but what happened in between then uh, after the buzz and excitement of finding out that I was pregnant I knew I needed to work out um, how to plan time off we actually had vacation planned to Banff National Park um, one week later after I found out I was pregnant by the way 10 out of 10 do not recommend traveling so early in your first trimester because that's actually right when my symptoms started kicking in and it was a massive hiking trip I suffered so badly on that trip uh, we were hiking about half um, a half marathon every day so over 13 miles and this was like up steep mountains and it was absolutely beautiful but I really was I was struggling hardcore and I'm like nauseous thinking about that trip because I was nauseous the whole time uh, but yeah right when we got home from that trip I started planning for what I hoped would be a three-month minimum maternity leave. My goals for the maternity leave were to make sure that my business continued operating as usual with little to no support from me, okay? So I wanted to continue supporting my customers, all that stuff, and continue making money, right? Like these were the goals that I had for myself. I really wanted my email to be 100% taken care of. I, in an ideal world, I would be completely disconnected from email and I was successful in that. Um, I wanted to also attempt to set up a totally automatic launch, which I was successful in. And then I wanted to continue my podcast and social media presence with the goal that hopefully no one would feel my absence, right? Like I didn't want to completely drop off the face of the earth for my maternity leave. I wanted to still have it be like I was there in the world producing new content. First of all, it's important to start off the show by saying that my business is a digital product business. It makes money even when I am not working. So when planning my maternity leave, I did not have to stress about losing clients or losing income. I knew that all of that would stay the same and it even had the potential to grow if I played my cards correctly. So planning my maternity leave more so meant that I'd have all the systems in place to continue engagement and man, uh, maintain customer support and maintain a presence online if even automated presence. So the very first thing that I did was whip out my calendar and map everything out. Now, I am typically not somebody who is very calendar oriented. Um, I like to, in an ideal, I like to say that in an ideal world, that's how I would be. I want to be like that, but I am not like that. You know, I'm not the person who has a million planners and post-it notes and gel pens. I am just not like that at all. <laughs> I don't even have a pen basically in my house. So it was a struggle for me to figure out how to do this, but I knew it was necessary. So here's what this looked like for me. So the first thing I did was I picked my first day of maternity leave. I ended up choosing a date before my due date because, um, and not too far before my due date because I know I knew that most people do go late, um, but I wanted to choose something before my due date just in case. Um, by the way, I did go late. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Um, then I mapped out the con content I wanted to publish for the podcast. So I had to figure out how many po um, podcasts would I need to have at least one episode published every single week for my three months out. 
I then mapped out my promotions. So I had been asked to participate in a few different virtual summits, so I mapped that out on the calendar. Um, I mapped out my own promotional calendar, and then I also had to select dates for the Rebel Boss Summit. Um, this was a difficult thing to do because the Rebel Boss Summit was typically planned for February 2020, but I was due in February 2020, so I needed to totally reconfigure that. And I ultimately ended up choosing a late May 2020 um, week for the Rebel Boss Summit. So I mapped everything out, and I highly recommend that if you're planning an elongated time away from your business, whether that be for maternity leave or something else entirely, that that's the first thing that you do is just totally pick your dates. Um, I picked my start date, I picked my end date for the maternity leave, and every day in between was all organized. The next thing um, I did was make a list of like all the things that I really wanted to do and all the things that I just didn't want to do or knew that I couldn't do. And this was a big challenge for me because I am a doer. <laughs> if I have an idea, I want to act on it immediately. Like that's my personality. I have this urge to do something. I 100% dive in and make it happen. And I set super high goals for myself. I put a lot of pressure on myself to reach those goals. I struggle with this because it's good, but it's also bad. I, I feel like if I'm not growing at all times, I'm shrinking. At least that's my mindset. So I knew that maternity leave would be a struggle and just becoming a parent in general would be a struggle. Um, not that I didn't want it and I wasn't 100% grateful, but it would be changing a lot of my personal dynamics and how I work and how I live my life. I've wanted a baby ever since I could remember, um, but that doesn't mean that I didn't struggle with how I would have to share my work, um, or I would have to share my time with my work and with my baby. So I had to figure out what's going to be put to the side, what am I just not going to do, and I'm just going to have to be okay with not doing it. The first thing for me was outreach. Um, I usually like to pitch myself for podcasts and other opportunities every single week. Um, but I decided that maternity leave was not going to be the time for that. I'm an introvert, so it does take a little bit of energy for me to really put myself out there and regularly be in communication with people and emailing. And I just, I really wanted this to be the time for me and my child and my husband. And I didn't want that to include other people. So outreach was just put to the side. Um, it's not, it wasn't a season of growth for me. And that was kind of how I kept like working on being okay with not doing these things because that like I said was a struggle for me I felt guilty not doing it um, even though I would feel guilty doing it too so um, and that describes everything with parenthood I've learned you feel guilty like you're damned if you do damned if you don't kind of thing um, so yeah I just kept saying this is not a season of growth for me this is a season of of motherhood of learning to become a mom and being present with my child and the other thing I was going to put to the side is product creation haha ha, that didn't happen I went like major product creation crazy but I'll talk about that on like a whole other podcast <laughs> um, I had wanted for a really long time to repackage my offerings and create a different product suite it's been on the back burner for a really long time and the plan was for it to stay that way um, but yeah that didn't happen that's okay we'll talk about that later so the next thing I did was figure out what the workload would look like leading up to maternity leave. When you have a traditional job, going on maternity leave typically means that your work is going to hire someone else to do your job while you're gone, or they're going to move your tasks to someone else in the interim, or they're just not going to do those tasks. But ultimately, it's not your responsibility to do that work while you're not there. When you're running your own business, that's not how it works. It is your job to figure out the entire process. So you have to figure out what work you're going to be responsible for completing in advance, what work you're simply not going to be able to get done, and what work you're going to need to hire out to other people to do in advance or um, to other people 
to other people to do for you while you're out. What I ultimately decided to do was spend my time recording as many podcast episodes as possible that included solo episodes and interview episodes. I really prioritized my podcast because my podcast was like is like the central thing that I do. My podcasts turn into my blogs. My podcasts um, turn into social media content. Like it, it trickles out into everything. It trickles out into my email list too. So and it also is a way for me to build relationships with other people in the space. So like I had to do my podcast and I really wanted to. Um, so I just like went recording crazy, get as many episodes done as humanly possible. Um, the goal again was to get like all my podcasts done through my maternity leave. So um, I also decided it would be my job to edit and schedule when those episodes would be live. And then from there, my VA would take the podcast and turn them into social media posts and transcribe them into blogs, um, publish them on my site, like all that back end stuff would be done, okay? So basically my end of it was record the podcast, edit them, and I also drafted the emails that would be sent to my list each week uh, corresponding with the dates of publication for each podcast, okay? so. With this process, my email was covered, my social media was covered, my blog, podcast content was covered. All of that was good, okay? The next thing that I did was focus on the weeks that were get, were dedicated to specific product promotions. Um, I wanted to try doing one automated launch for um, one of my courses, the Instant Customers course. I attempted to do it in during my maternity leave, completely automated, and it did work. Um, it was a low cost or it is a low cost high value product so i knew it would be perfect for something like this my launch was exclusively an email launch so i didn't do crazy social media i didn't do social media at all i didn't run ads or anything i literally just planned evergreen emails um, to my email list it was kind of like a flash sale and so i used deadline funnel to to lock everything down and make it available during specific periods of time and it was a really successful launch um, and it was super cool because i made it happen during my birthday week so it was like during my birthday week i was making all this money on autopilot from this launch while i was on maternity leave and not even touching my email or doing any work at all so <laughs> that was kind of fun and i'm really glad i did that um yeah, so right after the right after doing that stuff, the majority, the bulk of my maternity leave was covered. I did have some virtual summits that I was participating in during my maternity leave, so I had spent some time scheduling the social media promotions for that and the email content for that in advance. I was participating in a bundle, and that was really great because I also made money from tripwire sales from people who um, grabbed their copy of the bundle, so I scheduled promotions for that in advance. The only other thing that I really had to do because I was super organized with getting my content everything created off the bat and then outsourcing everything else, um, I just had to do Rebel Boss Summit work. So we picked a date for the Rebel, not a date, we picked several dates for the Rebel Boss Summit because it's a four-day event. Uh, we ultimately decided to go with the third uh, last week of May 2020. Usually when you're hosting a summit, you start doing the preparation for the summit within 90 days. I would recommend more than 90 if it's your first time, but I'm a repeat summit host. This is my this was my third summit, so I didn't technically need to really do much um, before 90 days. That being said, because my due date was in February, um, 90 days before the event would have been right when my baby was born. Um, actually, no, I, yeah, uh, ish. 
It would be it would, my baby would have been like three or four weeks old at that point. Um, so obviously I wasn't going to start prep then, right? Like I needed to do a lot of work up front in the beginning. Really, the bulk of what I needed to do consisted of pitching my speakers and um, training my assistant to really get everything done herself, right? Um, so that's pretty much all I had to do. And actually, that's not that's not a ton of work. Um, the entire onboarding process for the speakers is all really standard. And um, because we've hosted these summits before, it works pretty pretty flawlessly. So I just trained Alana, my teammate, on how to do all of that stuff, um, all the speaker onboarding, and all of her her roles that happen behind the scenes. And then I just made sure to have the speaker lineup pretty much like 90% solidified before the baby was born. So that would mean that I really wouldn't have to do much of anything at all during my maternity leave until April. I did plan um, childcare for one week of April. So I had like three half days during one week of April where I was planning to do the speaker recorded intro sessions um, all at once and my mom was going to be taking care of the baby and then also during that time I was going to make sure like all the final details were ready to go and like the website was all set and the promotions were all set all that stuff was ready. Um, didn't happen that way because COVID, right? Like that kind of threw a wrench in all my plans. Um, I was quarantining away from my mom during um, the week that we had originally planned to record. So I couldn't, obviously, I didn't have childcare and my husband was working um, because he's a doctor. So I had to just totally change all of my plans. I had to record things on the weekends. I had to, I had to accommodate for a crazy schedule um, and then try and figure out how to make it not super inconvenient for my speakers. <laughs> that was definitely the biggest challenge with that in terms of maternity leave. But it, you know, of all the things that could have happened, we, you know, that was not too bad. We made it work. So yeah, to sum all of that up, the things we hired out, um, my all the podcast process besides me actually recording and editing the basic podcast, all that stuff was hired out. Um, but it's always hired out. Like that's that's something that I normally wouldn't do anyway. Um, you know, when this podcast is done, I'm gonna add the intro, outro, do a little little bit of editing to it, and then I send it off and I don't touch it again. Like that's that's how the process works on any normal day. Um, so the same thing happened for maternity leave. It just happened in a more expedited fashion. So I really wanted the bulk of the work done before the maternity leave so that I knew everything would be set. Um, so that meant that Alana had to work like a little bit faster um, and just like more work at one time to get all that stuff done. I also hired out the email management. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit about that. So email is a big drain for me. I am not somebody who regularly achieves inbox zero. My email inbox is the place you go where you want to feel insane and crazy because there's absolutely no sense of organization there. <laughs> um, so I knew that I would not want to be in my email inbox when the baby was born. I knew that it would not be um, conducive to me maintaining like a peaceful and stress-free environment to just be a parent, learning to be a parent. So I 
you know, I talked with Alana about this and I just said like, I would love it if you could take my email and manage it and just be the frontline person. Um, because, you know, a lot of people think I always have someone managing my inbox, but I actually don't. Um, or I should say I didn't because after maternity leave, Alana never stopped managing my inbox because it was so amazing and I loved having her do that. It just, it made me feel so much better that things were taken care of and that there were two sets of eyes in there. So um, yeah, I mean, ever since that happened, I'm like, I can never not have someone in my inbox because it was so awesome. So basically what we did, because I had never had anybody in my inbox before and it felt kind of weird. Um, I basically set up, or actually, I, I don't know if it was my idea or if it was Alana's idea, but here's what we did. We made a, a folder in my inbox called the maternity leave to do folder because there is inevitably there was going to be something that landed in my inbox that Alana wouldn't know how to do and I would need to do it. So anything like that, anything that I needed to do um, went into the maternity leave to do file. And once a week, I would log into the email inbox um, or the email folder and I would do those things. Um, to be completely honest, it wasn't always that clean of a process. Like I didn't always log in <laughs> to that folder, um, but everything was organized there. So like I, I knew if I needed to go or if I had some time, I could just go into that folder and check some things off of there and just get stuff done. Um, other things Alana managed, like she was the frontline person for the inbox and she immediately responded to things, which was really great because there's some really easy things that she could easily answer and take care of and that would be just like less work for me to do. So that worked really, really well. Um, yeah, so I, I recommend that process. Um, it, and then she would also keep the inbox clean. So if ever I felt tempted to look at my emails, um, the inbox was always clean and so nothing stressed me out in there, <laughs> which is great because, you know, work can be stressful sometimes and I did not want to have that. Um, I was really, you know, looking back, oh, and the other things that Alana did, she maintained all the customer support and membership site management and then she also did most of the Rabble Blossom at prep besides the pitching stuff, which we already talked about. But yeah, I was really proud of myself throughout my maternity leave because I didn't know how it would be going in um, if I would feel like I was falling behind or like I said, if I'm not growing, I'm shrinking, if I would be crippled by that mindset or if I would just feel torn between work and my baby. But honestly, I was in just newborn bliss. I mean, don't get me wrong, having a newborn was really hard and challenging. I did, I struggled with um, baby blues. So that's the first two weeks after your baby is born. You sometimes just have, for no reason at all, the blues. You're just feeling a little bit sad, literally unexplainable, and at any second you can cry. So usually that happened at night. Um, for the first two weeks, the baby was born, and I would just like, for no reason at all, be crying in my room. And it was kind of funny because. I guess it wasn't funny, but I mean, looking back, I, I like my family out in the living room because my mother-in-law was staying with me. Uh, my father-in-law stayed for a little bit um, and they were like all out here. I had family visiting and I'm like hiding in my bedroom sobbing for no reason at all. And it's just, I think it happens just because of all the hormones and all that stuff. And then I got nervous. I'm feeling sad. Like, I'm, do I have postpartum depression? And all that stuff kind of, you know, was, it was a lot and overwhelming so I'm going down a tangent here, but yeah, I, I did have the baby blues and right when it hit two weeks, I never cried again. I mean, I probably cried for other things, but I never, I haven't had any postpartum depression. Uh, so I'm really fortunate in that regard. I did have some postpartum anxiety, which was triggered by COVID. Um, 
but nothing too uncontrollable or crazy. I honestly think like, I called it postpartum anxiety because I was postpartum, but I think I would have had the anxiety even if I wasn't postpartum because of everything happening with COVID. But anyway, all that to say, I was really proud of myself that throughout my maternity leave, I didn't feel badly about work. Like I didn't feel the pressure to work. Um, I just, I didn't feel bad at all. Like I felt pretty good. Um, I was truly soaking up the time with my baby. And then, you know, COVID hit and obviously my anxiety just started kicking in. And I was still fine. Like I kept my cool and all that. And actually my husband was home for six weeks with no work. So it was like a surprise paternity leave for him because he's a resident. So he really only had one week off when the baby was born and then went right back to work. But then COVID, so he was home for six weeks which was amazing quality time that we really wouldn't have had otherwise. So kind of like a silver lining to the terrible situation. Um, But then he went back to work and my maternity leave was wrapping up and I had no childcare because again, we were quarantining for my mom. And so I was like, what am I gonna do? Um, I like my plan to go back to work after maternity leave was gone. Like there was no way I could go back to work because I was 100% of the time alone with my child. So that was a really, really tough thing um, because I had I had planned for 90 days and I did not plan for anything longer than that. And all at, during all this time, I was like confident that I would be going back to work. And then when that didn't happen, I was just lost and confused. And that's when I started to feel really terrible. Like, yeah, I'm falling behind and I suck and this is awful. Um, but obviously I couldn't have planned for that, right? Like planning for my maternity leave, there's no way I would have been able to be like, there will be a pandemic during these dates and you won't be able to go back to work. Like there's no there's no way I could have done that. So I guess, you know, that it, it is what it is. And that's why my podcast stopped publishing and, you know, things started getting slower. My email stopped going out because like I just, I was learning how to be a mom, um, leaving the fourth trimester as they call it still struggling like my kid had absolutely no sense of routine I don't know what they say like your kid will have a routine after 12 weeks mine didn't um didn't sleep through the night and so there was just a lot going on that I thought would have fallen into place by the end of my maternity leave that didn't so I spent so much time thinking about maternity leave get everything done and none of the time thinking about what it would be like after maternity leave and honestly Even if it wasn't a pandemic, I think I really still would have struggled with that because I didn't put any thought into that whatsoever. I thought the big challenge was maternity leave, um, figuring out how to get everything done for that. And I had no concept of anything after, like what life would be like with child and work. And then of course, everything else. So yeah, um, yeah, that's pretty much it. (laughs) Um, Ultimately, I think things were pretty successful, like given everything that happened in the world, I did the best I could with the information I had, with the time I had available to me. Things are definitely better now. Um, My mom is now taking care of the baby two days a week. It's really more like two half days a week at this point, Uh, but still that gives me a few hours to do my own thing, to record podcasts, to get some new projects rolling um, and 
that's great. Like I, I definitely would love to have more time there. You know, if there's something that I learned throughout this whole experience, it's that I really don't want to be a 100% mom 100% of the time. I know you're a mom 100% of the time, but like I don't want to be a 100% caretaker all the time. I really want work. Um, it's important for my mental health and it's important for my like well-being. I love to work and I love to accomplish things and that's really important to how I value myself and my time. And so it's important to me that I continue what I'm doing and continue working towards the big goals that I have for myself. And it is still um, it is still something that I'm trying to figure out, even as my child is just about six months old, still very, very much a work in progress. And so I guess that's, you know, that's something I would love to, to share with you as kind of a takeaway that if you are planning for the maternity leave of your first child in particular, just know that the process continues even after your maternity leave is done. It will continue to be a struggle and a learning process and that's okay. I went from working full-time 30 to 40 hours a week to maybe 10 hours a week. Like maybe I work 10 hours a week on a good week. Um, I was initially planning to have my mom for two days a week and then maybe hiring a babysitter for one additional day or dropping my son off and um, a daycare of some sort or I don't know, uh, something like that. But with COVID, that's just not something that's in my comfort zone at this point. So I have the two half days um, and we're trying to make it work with that. And honestly, I've had my best year financially so far and I couldn't be more grateful or privileged, on it, to be completely honest. Um, I guess I'll leave you with this. Whatever amount of time you think that you want to take for maternity leave, add another month to it. So let's say three months plan for a four-month leave. Not to say that you should take that fourth month um, and not work, but you should take that fourth month as like time to ease back into things, like a transition period. Uh, so I planned for three months. I wish I had planned for four because then it would have been easier. I would have, I would have had four months of content rather than three. Um, not being able to stay on top of things I wanted to accomplish on, on top of struggling with the postpartum hormones and learning how to be a mom and getting back in shape and adjusting to a new dynamic as a first-time mom with a spouse amidst a global pandemic and all the emotions that come with that. It was absolutely a lot to handle and it still is a lot to handle. Um, but I am very fortunate with how things have worked out so far uh, for me and my circumstances. And I do attribute a lot of that to the amount that I was successfully able to plan for. Um, yeah, that, that's it. I guess looking back, things I'm grateful that I did. I, I moved my summit to May, which was a smart decision. I participated in summits and bundles during my maternity leave, which really helped like keep me sane because you know I always have income and the income was consistent throughout my maternity leave because I'm in a digital product-based business. But I made even more money by participating in summits and bundles and that just like made me feel really good. And then I also batched a ton, a ton of content and that helped me feel like the wheels were still spinning even in my absence and that my business wasn't completely at a standstill. So that's all I have for you. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you found something interesting and informative and I will catch you next time on the Rebel Boss Ladies podcast. Next time on Rebel Boss Ladies, we are discussing all things affiliate programs with Kelly Morrison. We're going to be diving into the setup, technology, and strategy for how you can use an affiliate program to help you get more sales for your products. For now, I'm your host, Eden Freed. Keep kicking ass, 
keep putting in the work, and most importantly, keep showing up. We'll see you next time.